Welcome to Living Through the Word, the podcast ministry of the Anglican Diocese of the Living Word. I'm Julian Dobbs, the Diocesan Bishop, and today it's my privilege to be joined by the Reverend Yoel Ben-David, a priest in the Anglican Diocese of the South of the Anglican Church in North America. Uh, Yoel, welcome. Great to have you with us on this episode of Living Through the World. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So, Brother, uh, tell us, you are canonically resident. Uh, that's the way we speak of priests, where they uh, are licensed in a diocese. You're resident in a diocese of the South, uh, mm-hmm. under the leadership of our Archbishop, my good friend, uh, Dr. Foley Beach, uh, here in the United States. But your parish is at a much more exotic locale. Uh, so tell us where you serve and a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I serve at Emmanuel Church, which is a church located in Jaffa in Israel. Um, Jaffa is actually part of the municipality of Tel Aviv. So I, I serve, I, I love, I serve and live in, uh, in, uh, in Tel Aviv. Well, great to have you on the, the program uh, all the way from the land of the Bible. Uh, I've had some great experiences myself in Jaffa. Uh, studying the scriptures there. In fact, later on in this episode, we'll talk a little bit about our next uh, Bible study tour to Israel. Uh, but uh, 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 tell us a bit about Jaffa. Why is it a significant place? What's going on there? Uh, and uh, tell us about your ministry there. So here in, in Jaffa, um, it's significant um, and it's important because the ministry here in Israel and much of the culture of Israel um, emanates from the cultural centers, um, which are Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. Tel Aviv uh, and Jaffa are the secular centers of the, of the country. And a lot of the, the television, the writing, it all comes out, the music comes out of the city. And so having a ministry here in this city and impacting the people here um, is actually one way, an important way, I believe, to impacting the country. Um, so we get to uh, to meet, rub shoulders with, talk about the gospel with people that are culture shapers sometimes. Um, so it's a uh, it's it's a really great fun and uh, good ministry here. Yeah, so I love it. We've had some uh, discussions on living through the word uh, about which countries uh, have the most winsome accents. I, of course, uh, have an opinion about that, given the accent that I do. Uh, but where were you raised? Uh, is that a local Jaffa accent, or am I detecting something uh, uh, something else? You're detecting something else. You're detecting a man brought up in the south coast of England, in Brighton. Um, I was raised there for um, most of my childhood. Um, I also lived three years in France uh, when I was a teenager. So that's where I've been raised. I've also been around a lot of Americans um, being involved in ministry to Jewish people for most of my career um, here in Israel. Um, so sometimes I think I, I adopt an American twang. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, I know a little bit about that uh, that process myself. So, Yoel, you, you, you were born in the United Kingdom. You said, uh, did you grow up in a Christian home? How did you come to faith in Yeshua, in Jesus the Messiah? So, yeah, so it's interesting. I was raised in England, but I was born in, I was actually born in Israel. Okay. And, and went to England when I was, when I was uh, four years old. Um, but I was raised in, a, in, a, in a, a traditional Jewish household. People often wonder, 
what does it mean to be traditional Jewish? We have the, the picture of the Orthodox Jew in our minds, um, the very observant Jews. Um, but a traditional household that is a household that, um, like uh, a Christian family that might only really identify with church uh, at Christmas or at Easter or at certain important times, um, uh, that was my family. We only talked about our Jewishness at certain holidays, certain moments. Uh, sometimes we would say the Kiddush, say the prayer over the wine and the bread on a, on a Friday evening to celebrate the entrance of the Sabbath. But that was, that was the household I was brought up in. I, there was no, no talk of Jesus. In fact, my mother would insist sometimes that uh, we weren't attending or, or weren't listening to or connected to things that were connected to Christianity. So you grew up in a home. Uh, I have I have Orthodox uh, Jewish relatives myself. So I've uh, participated uh, on a number of occasions in a, a in that Orthodox environment. Uh, how then was was it that you came to faith? How was Jesus introduced to you? How did you come to uh, commit your life to follow Him? Well, as a young man, I uh, I started to question the conclusions that my mother had come to in her relationship with God um, and decided that I wanted to find out for myself. And so that involved reading uh, different books, um, including the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita. But I never felt drawn towards the Bible because my mother had spoken so much about it. I was sure that I was familiar now with all of the stories. Uh, but um, I came to Israel after I finished uh, high school. And when I arrived here in Israel, I met a beautiful girl, Adele, and we talked and talked about God. She too was very much interested in finding or discovering or talking about things connected to spirituality. And then we decided, well, being Jewish people, we really should give Judaism a go. And that's what we did. And we started attending the synagogue and eating kosher and I eventually realized that attending synagogue isn't something you do once a week. You have to do it three times a day. So I started getting you know, serious about it because I didn't want to be one of those people that does it half-half. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I started getting very much involved and learning and studying and, and reading different things that rabbis taught about the Bible. But then someone came to our house uh, at one point um, after I'd started working in the army and the, uh, the lady said to us, well, have you ever actually just read it, that is the Bible, for yourself? And the truth is, neither of us ever had. It had always been with the filter of, of rabbinic interpretation. So Adele and I decided we would. In fact, we had a race to see who would read it first. And we're sort of rushing our way through. But as we did so, we realized that so much of our Orthodox Jewish lifestyle that we had now adopted had was so different and so distant from what we were reading in the scriptures. And we didn't want, you know, to be separated from God through the, the filter of teachers. We wanted to go straight to what God was trying to say. So we distanced ourselves a little bit at that point through this reading of the Old Testament from Judaism in order to keep reading through. Um, and to cut a nine-month story short, I eventually got to Isaiah 53, now that chapter, obviously, the clearest picture of Jesus in the Old Testament, um, not known to me at all, made me wonder, what is this all about? I don't understand why this chapter is so 
difficult for me. And so I went off to the lady who had challenged Adele and I, and I asked her, you need to explain Isaiah 53. Now she is actually a believer in Jesus who had been hiding her faith from us because she was afraid that we might react badly. And when I came and asked Isaiah 53, she felt that's it. This is a sign from God. I need to now tell him about Jesus, which she did. That evening, I struggled with this, this declaration that this is all about Jesus. And I didn't know what to do. And I remember praying and asking God to show me and having this, this picture, this moment, this experience that made me say, wow, he really is the Messiah. And so I remember praying a prayer with that lady after I'd had this experience and had this conversation and going home to Adele and telling her, Jesus is the Messiah. And Adele being my wife, obviously. So I, I challenged Adele, I said, Jesus is the Messiah. You've got to read, you've got to find out. Um, she was very skeptical, but I brought her a New Testament. Um, and uh, about two weeks later, she had read the book, read the Gospel of Matthew. She had been touched by what she had read. And I remember coming home that evening and Adele looking at me and saying, you know, Jesus is such a good man. Why has no one ever told us this story before? Um, and at that moment, I remember being touched myself, not only that Adele had come now to a, a sort of a starting faith in Jesus, but that she was right that no one had told us about Jesus before. Um, even though we were Jews living in Jerusalem at the time, you know, the place where Jesus had walked and died and rose from the dead, but no one had told us. And, and I remember that, that shocking me and impressing upon me the importance of telling other people, especially Jewish people, um, who Jesus is. I'm speaking with Yoel Ben-David, uh, an Anglican minister who uh, has an incredible ministry in uh, uh, Jaffa, in the Tel Aviv region of Israel, uh, thank you for sharing that so much with us. That's incredible. What we're seeing, of course, Yoel, is God revealing himself to you and your wife as you open the scriptures, uh, reminiscent of so many occasions in the Bible uh, where God reveals himself to us as we read his word and the spirit works in our hearts and draws us to himself. How's it been with those people with whom you worshipped in the synagogue, uh, with members of your family, since you've had a confessed faith in Christ? Has that been difficult? It, 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 it was very difficult at the beginning. We had uh, many people who eventually, when we eventually felt comfortable talking to people about our faith, um, like many Jewish people, we felt that we might be among the only Jewish people in the world. And it took while, it took a while for us to open ourselves up and, and you know, so talk to others, find out that there are, you know, other Jewish believers in Jesus and hear about it. So that took, that was a process. But when we did, um, many, uh, especially my mother, uh, were very, uh, very extreme sometimes in their reaction. Uh, my mother, was convinced that we were brainwashed by uh, some kind of cult and sent people around. There are, there's actually an organization in Israel that is an anti-missionary organization. They, they try to convince Jewish people who become believers in Jesus to renounce their faith. So they came around to our house and 
tried a couple of times to convince us, and when that didn't work, tried to um, pressure us uh, by um, you know screaming at us on the street or um, pointing at us as we walked down the street in front of other people to try and get others to join in the pressure. Uh, but when that didn't work, um, they eventually uh, they took a picture of me and they put it in the local religious Orthodox Jewish newspaper, um, telling people that I'm a, a dangerous missionary come to steal their children and baptize them in secret and all sorts of funny things that nobody ever does. But they publicized them as a way of trying to get people to stay away from us. So that happened, uh, but, and I had family members that refused to speak to me. But eventually, slowly, um, my, you know, even my mother and some of my uncles and aunts who initially wanted to reject Adele and I, uh, eventually started realizing that we're not, you know, monsters or strange people who have now been... Uh, convinced by a cult to do something weird, but rather just regular people. And, and so they've, uh, they've sort of relaxed a little bit. Um, well, brother, we thank you uh, for standing fast in the faith. Uh, at Living Through the Word, uh, we are able to tell the stories of our diocese, the Anglican Diocese of the Living Word. But as members of the Anglican Communion, the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, we're also able to bring you the accounts of brothers and sisters across the globe. Our listenership is both local and international. No matter where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's in Jaffa, Israel, or Lagos, Nigeria, or London, England, or Virginia, United States, we pray that this podcast is helpful to your walk with Christ. The best way you show your support for us is to subscribe uh, to this podcast and share it with your friends. You can subscribe on your smartphone using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other major podcast player. You can also reach us at questions at adlw.org. We set this new feature to allow you to ask any questions you might have about Anglican doctrine, and we'll address them in a future episode with my co-host, uh, the Reverend Dr. Jim Saladin. Uh, Yoel, in, in June 2018, uh, we sent a team to Jerusalem to participate in the Global Anglican Future Conference. Um, our trip involved nearly a full day of air travel. Uh, I assume your journey was uh, somewhat shorter. Uh, <laughs> uh, what were your impressions of this conference? Uh, what's uh, been reported to be the largest gathering of Anglicans from the largest number of nations for a significant number of years? Tell us your impressions. Uh, it was it was wonderful for me. Uh, uh, it is so often a reality of um, church ministry here in Israel that you can feel disconnected. You can feel a little... Um, alone at times, and while we have literally millions of Christian uh, visitors to the country of Israel every year, um, it's often, you know, sort of like a, a five-minute hello and goodbye. Uh, but it was wonderful at GAFCON to feel connected to something so much greater, so much larger, and so much a part of, of who I am. Um, so, yeah, it was... It was a wonderful experience to be there, very encouraging. 
And it was colourful, wasn't it? Uh, the bright colours, the bright national cross costumes, the incredible worship from across the nations, all lifting up the name of our Messiah uh, there in Jerusalem. Uh, you had something personally significant happen almost immediately after GAFCON ended. I did. Uh, you had a, yeah, you had a special appointment, I think, with my friend uh, Bishop Frank Lyons. Tell us about that. Uh, what happened? Yes, it was... It was right after the GAFCON conference that um, I was ordained a priest. Um, it was uh, it was an opportunity where um, both uh, Frank and Greg Goebel and others from ADOTS were in, uh, in in Jerusalem, and so they came down to Tel Aviv, where the church is, and we were able to have a, um, have an ordination uh, right there. So that was that was that was a special moment for me. Uh, well, congratulations, and uh, wonderful that you've been ordained uh, to serve God uh, in the ministry of the uh, Anglican Church. Um, so what does your current ministry look like, and what are your plans for the future? At the moment, at Emmanuel Church, uh, we have um, several different levels of ministry. Uh, we have three services every week. Uh, we have a, a Sunday service, which often uh, serves tourists and visitors. I've already mentioned them. We have an international uh, church gathering, uh, which is mostly in English on Saturday mornings. Here in Israel, um, everybody starts their work week on a Sunday morning. So most of the internationals eventually realize that going to church is something you do on a Saturday morning here because you have to be at work on Sunday. So we have that. That has about 80 people on a, on a Saturday morning. And then we have a service that started at the beginning of last Advent which is only in Hebrew on Fridays, um, and uh, and that's that's at about twenty twenty five people on a Friday afternoon, um, and it's and it's only in Hebrew. So that, those are the different the different services that we have each week, the different moments when we're we're in church. Then during the week we have many visitors. So that's um, all week long. We have an open church. We have uh, people there, myself and others, who are there to receive the visitors. And interestingly enough, the large majority of our maybe 150 visitors a week are Israelis visiting historic Jaffa and Tel Aviv. And they come to our church and we're able to connect with them, witness to them, explain the gospel as we explain the story and the history of the church. Um, so it gives us a, a wonderful opportunity to engage people and invite them to be part of our community and the different events that happen all week long. So just tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, it's a, it sounds like a very busy routine every week, uh, and I would encourage those listening to the podcast uh, to pray, and I'll ask you in a few moments how specifically we can pray. But uh, the Israelis that are coming and that you are having the opportunity to share the gospel with in some way, why are they coming into the church? Simply uh, because they want to know a little bit about history. Tell us what's drawing them in. Well, yes, yeah, so initially what draws them to the church is that it is a historic building, um, almost tucked away in a very quiet, serene part of Tel Aviv. It's a little neighborhood called Noga, and they come in and it's almost like an oasis and they come into the church and they see this beautiful place. It's historic. It's the, it was built 115 years ago by um, Germans who had uh, left Germany. They were, they were called Templars. They were a, a funny, almost 
I would say they were a, kind of a cult group that had left Germany to, to move to the Holy Land. They were expecting the return of Jesus eminently, and they lived in, in our area. And then uh, Wilhelm, Kaiser Wilhelm, visiting the land at the end of the 19th century, told them to build a church, which they did and completed by 1904. So they come to see that and to experience that. But when they walk in, they see the windows and hear the story, which they didn't expect. And they see this, this organ. We have a, a 1,200 pipe organ in the church. And they see that and they're so impressed. And then they get invited to a concert, which we have every two weeks um, on a Saturday night at the church. And so they come back for a concert or they come back for a special event that's happening, be it a, you know, Christmas events at Advent or something else that we're trying to put on. And then they get to hear more and relationships can build that way. Well, it sounds like you have an incredible ministry uh, there uh, in the congregation that the Lord is using. Uh, next year, uh, July 8 through 19, 2020, uh, I will be leading uh, with my wife, Brenda, a tour to uh, Israel where we'll open the scriptures, study the Bible together. We're dubbing this uh, the 20th anniversary tour. It's the 20th anniversary of the very first tour that Brenda and I led to Israel. Uh, we'd love uh, uh, anyone listening to this podcast uh, to join us. You can find more information on the diocesan website, adlw.org and who knows we might be able to connect uh, with Yoel also when we're there. Yoel tell us uh, we have a number of congregations in the diocese in strongly Jewish communities in Manhattan uh, in Wisconsin simply to name two uh, there are others um, your advice to those who have uh, relationships, friendships uh, working environments with, with people who are Jewish how best to begin to share the gospel I think for Jewish people living in the diaspora in, in the United States, it's important that they feel safe. Jewish people um, believe that um, their Jewishness is always um, something to be guarded. It might be under attack. Um, and if they react strongly to Jesus, it's often because they feel that their Jewishness might be under attack. So it's important to, um, you know, affirm their Jewish identity um, while at the same time um, always looking for a moment where we can, you know, be open about, you know, why our faith and how our faith and what it means to us and how that came about. Um, it's also, I think, important to remember that as we do that, as Christians, we can tend to communicate our faith in, I'm sure you guys have heard this before, Christianese. Yes. And it's important to try and do it in English, um, which means that it's important to leave out certain terms that make all the sense in the world to us, um, but, you know, don't necessarily communicate to others. It's also important to assume that Jewish people do not know the Old Testament. They don't. Um, you know, whoever's listening, the Old Testament much more than they do. Um, and so don't make assumptions that people understand or have understood. Most Jewish people in the world have no connection to, um, to the Bible, really, or, or understand the themes of sacrifice and sin and all of those topics. So just take it from the beginning and make it easy to understand. 
Um, so yeah, I think those are a few points that I could give. You can always call me. I can help. Uh, so, Yoel, thank you. Yoel Ben-David, thanks so much for being on this episode of Living Through the Word. If um, if anyone listening to the podcast wants to support your work, find out more, um, how do they do that? And we'll include the links uh, in the show notes of the program. Uh, but how do, they, how do they find out more about you and about your ministry and how can they support and pray for you? Um, so for prayer, I think the most important would be to be praying um, for the Jewish people in Jaffa and Tel Aviv, um, to pray that God sends workers um, into our church, people um, that God would raise up within our church, people who want to be more involved in reaching out and discipling um, the people who come, because we have quite a few people that come and are interested and they want to know more. So having more people to, to do that discipleship work would be wonderful. Um, and then to be supporting us, well, I've, uh, as you said, there's the links both to the church website um, and to our Facebook group uh, where they can connect to us and, you know, getting more sort of fresh prayer requests if they want them, where they can hear about or support what we do right there on the website. That's fantastic. And if people join us on the tour next year, maybe we can call by and see you and uh, share in some uh, fellowship together. Um, I think it, it would be great if we concluded. I'll pray a prayer from the uh, new Anglican Church in North America uh, 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Uh, many people are using that uh, across um, uh, the province, but also around the world. And this is a particular prayer for the mission of the church. So let's let me pray that now. Mm. Oh God, our heavenly Father. You manifested your love by sending your only begotten Son into the world, that all might live through him. Pour out your Spirit on your church, that we may fulfill his commands to preach the gospel to all people. Send forth laborers into your harvest. Defend them in all dangers and temptations. And hasten the time when the fullness of the Gentiles shall be gathered in and faithful Israel shall be saved through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So, Yoel, thank you so much for being with us. This is Living Through the Word, and I'm Julian Dobbs. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. <laughs>